this beer brewed in Texas. Hey, <laughs> it's a sign. I didn't even know that. It's an early sign. I didn't know that either. I drank one of those yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a show. Um, welcome to Nerd Escape. The comic book podcast. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Jablar. And I'm your host, Cammy. <laughs> Our cadence what happened was a there? Off there. Our cadence <laughs> got off. Yeah, yeah. I think I usually start the, uh, the comic book podcast. Yeah. I forgot to say that part. Well, anyways, all right. you got the intro. You it's know what it is. always a little skitter scatter. You know, we're getting back to the groove of things. Huh? <laughs> it's something people in Denver say, you know. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's the first time I've heard it or said it here, so that's where it's going to be. Um, on today's show, we are featuring an amazing comic book. Um, it's called... Well, actually, Cammy, since you were the one who found this, you introduced this one for us. Technically, it was it. It didn't. It, it found, found me. Yeah. Uh, my friend Julia uh, gifted it to me for I want to say Christmas or birthday, one or the other. But either way, it was introduced. Oh, it was for Christmas because we went up to Dallas, and I read like the first volume on that trip on the drive. Yeah. Um, but the comic that we're introducing to you guys today is Lore Limpace by oh, Rachel Smythe. It's either Smith or Smythe. Um, S-M-Y-T-H-E. So... Yeah, Smythe or would it be Smith? Who knows? <laughs> Rachel, correct us. Yes, yeah, Smythe, Please. Smith, Smythe. Tell us. Rachel Smythe. We'll say that is it's glorious. She's a badass in my book. It's um, a really good it's really, really good. It's one of my favorite um, comic books. I want to say today, Laura Olympus started off on Tumblr. Really? It was first on Tumblr, and then Rachel went ahead and moved it to Web Comics to kind of like start really introducing it and getting it pushed out to folks. And so it was first published in May of 2017. Okay. Uh, and then it officially uh, officially released in 2018 in March. So it's it's gone full circle. There's yeah. right now there's three volumes, or at least we've read three volumes. There the fourth, I think, and the fifth are supposed to be coming out next month in June. So be on the lookout because it is so so good. So I'm going to give a little bit background on Rachel. So on IG, uh, her username is used band-aid. Hey, that's a cool. Name. <laughs> and then on Twitter, it's also used band-aid, but it's used underscore band-aid. So that's kind of where you can find her. She is a New York Times bestselling author. She's won a Harvey Award and an Eisner Award. All of them for Lore Olympus. Yes. So... She, and when I say she, Rachel, if you didn't know already, <laughs> she's been producing artwork since about 2004. She graduated from Wanaguni, Wanaguni School of Design in New Zealand uh, with a bachelor's in computer graphics and design. So she, the skill is there. She's New Zealand. I she's forgot. got yeah. the skills. Um, Laurel Olympus. Kiwi. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a yeah. New Zealanders are kiwis. Oh, so that that's their bird, right? Yeah, that's what they call it. They're like, oh, you're a kiwi. And I imagine they get mad and annoyed by it. 
Probably. So Rachel, <laughs> as she has, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> wow. Rachel, as she has like really um, created her her books and her comics and things like that, she has taken the standpoint of she writes as if she is the director of a movie TV. So a lot of her story, the way her stories are set up they kind of give off at least in my opinion that kind of like quirky cute fun like sitcom situation so like you're having fun but there's some drama involved and so it's it's very much very laid out and she does a really good job with like setting a tone in in her work um when Rachel started on Laura Olympus, she was spending between 60 and 70 hours. I couldn't see that. Creating it's, it's, it. Oh, man. The Trials of a comic book. I could see it. it. It's beautiful, though. It really is. Yeah. And you can tell, like, you can really, really tell how much work she's put yeah. into it. And, like, I can only imagine, like, the editing process and, like, sending it off and trying to figure all of that out. But just the mere fact that she has, like, in the very beginning, spent 60 to 70 hours creating this boy oh boy that's a lot <laughs> yeah and i hopefully she wasn't doing it in like a few days because yeah, that would be absolutely exhausting so before rachel created and i always put lore olympus i at least in my notes i put it as lo because lo that's pretty cool pretty cool um so before she started lo she had two other um comics that she created or stories she created one was called the Dr. Pepper show and the other was the Dr. Foxglove show. So the Dr. Pepper show was a NSFW. Um, so <laughs> what it is, what it is. It's not safe for work. Oh, I don't know what that meant. Yeah. So NSFW is not safe for work. Okay, um, yeah. And so <laughs> I'm learning what that is. <laughs> something happened while she was creating it and releasing, releasing it to the point where like she complete, completely stopped making it. And then she kind of like revamped it and it turned into the Dr. Foxglove show. And Dr. The, Foxglove. It was a little bit less it not safe like for work, but it was like a whole different <laughs> story. Um, so, yeah. That's okay. That's what we have for, hey, for Rachel. We love to give credit where credit's due. Uh, shout out to Rachel Smith. Uh, Smith, if it is that, <laughs> we should really look up the, the artist pronunciation. Well, apparently so. Google doesn't do correct front pronunciation okay, looked, of stuff, looked, so yeah. that's Rachel Smith. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, um, and I will give this context of Lord Olympus and like the story. Um, it is a wonderful retelling of the greek mythology story of persephone and hades and it is a modern retelling um, with gods like hades and zeus and poseidon you know they wear nice suits and they have parties and they go to brunch together and you know they drink mimosas and mm -hmm. it's kind of this it really is a true modern version where hades goes to his job and it's you know the underworld and he runs it and he makes sure it's like all the souls are being guided to the right area and it's a very cool like i was like like night kind of like even the gods play you can go out to, for a beer to the club or something and they got relationship problems and the gods have iphones that they talk to each other on so 
it kind of puts you as a modern person in our era, like our technology and everything, and puts us, puts you right in the, into the story where you understand what's going on immediately. And with gods, um, you're going to have parties, and you're going to run into other goddesses, and you're going to fall in love and stuff like that. Um, so this story is basically Hades and Persephone's meeting in like kind of a fashion where they're both at a party. Hades sees her, and he thinks he, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Um, beautiful goddess in the world i'm saying beating even beating aphrodite in that way and basically they have a kind of quirky events that happen where she ends up at his house and it's like this weird like he she's really drunk and she he puts her in the bed and then you know they wake up and they have like kind of like coffee and chats together and it's very flirty and honestly it's done very very well i read volume one when cammy got it and that was you know probably almost a year ago and then when we decided we we're gonna do this episode i read it again and it is so easy to read through like she read it on a whole like two and a half hour car ride and she was just like this is like really good mm-hmm. really good to read um and the character interactions are just great um and so basically it's just in kind of a i don't know would you say like we, we're talking like not rom-com but it's like a rom sitcom you know like i mean that's what a rom-com is well rom-com is like just all comedy rom sitcom yeah, I guess so. But it, it has funny stuff in it. And even for me... It is a romantic drama. Yeah, it's a romantic drama. But it's fun, too. It's, like, really fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it caught me in the feels, like, just, like, keeping me in with, like, all the ca- different kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so it's almost reminds me of a, um, a housewife show. Like, you know, that kind of has that style. Yeah, like a, like a young... Well, yeah, because the gods are... They're really old, but yeah. they're also young we'll put the, we'll hit slap you in the face with this hades is supposed to be like two over two thousand years old in this and persephone is like a new goddess she's like just now turning yes what 18 19 I think, I think she's 19 years old and you know it, it kind of they don't go crazy into the lore they might tell you another little silly uh, another another uh, story on the side that kind of describes another character um but i yeah persephone's 19 and we'll get into the real story a little bit later um how would you describe one of our main characters persephone she is sweet caring but naive and the only reason for that is because of her mother uh but otherwise i think who's her mother demeter demeter so um yeah she's I like to call her Core. I don't really like to call her oh, Persephone yeah, because Core is her other God alias. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so she's just really sweet, really caring, like seeing the best in people. And she just has a really fun, loving spirit. Um, but it just kind of bites her the butt because she just doesn't realize that not everyone is going to be out there to protect you and keep you safe and really cares for you. So she's, she's a great character in the sense of like, she is um, that loving character, but the naivety is a double-edged sword. Yes. Uh You're you're the God of, she's a goddess of spring, I believe. Yes. And her mother's like Demeter. No, Demeter. Demeter is the goddess of like nature and like, you know, agriculture and stuff like that. Harvest. And Core or Persephone is going off to like college and, you know, she has a scholarship to like kind of get with the upper gods. Um, But yeah, she's very naive because she hasn't been around like, you know, 
the three big gods, Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, and of course all the other gods. I mean, I like, don't think she's really been around, around anyone, many yes. of the gods yes. or goddesses. Yes, no, they had been around Apollo, had been around Hermes, and you know, uh, Eros, and um, so she's like the new kid in the club, and you know, people are gonna get jealous and be like matrix on her. Um, but yeah, and some people take advantage of her, and it's really sad. Um, but Hades, I mean, instantly loves her, and then that love connection in the the. The, the I thought you were going to say the pod, which is funny because I watched too much of Love is Blind and they're <laughs> in pods and I was just like, yeah, they were kind of in oh, the pod. <laughs> but just like the love connection, the flirting and like the cute like stuff and, you know, Persephone gets her first phone. And she's like, oh my God, put your number in this. And like, so it's like cute how um, naive she is sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the trading off to that, I said Hades loves Persephone. What do you think of Hades? He's a cool dude. I probably would prefer him out of all of the big gods, out of his brothers. Yeah. Uh, only because Hades seems a little bit more like down to earth. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> really, sorry, I I wasn't originally thinking about it as a pun, but as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, that's a good one. Um, he is definitely again down to earth. And he does not, granted, he can be a little bit of a butthole because, I mean, he's a god and he's used to living this certain kind of lifestyle. He's not used to having someone who kind of like, um, kind of ruffles his feathers, but in a good way. So he is, he's also nice, but everyone also picks on him. So he's also mean. So it's kind of one of those things. He's he's battling with himself yeah. and the people around him. Uh, but you can tell that he cares about Core, uh, and you can tell that he wants to be different than what he has been. Yes, he's definitely he, he's doing what he needs to do. <laughs> um, I mean, my general characteristics were he's lonely guy, kind of a lonely guy. Mm-hmm. You know, lives alone. But you know, lonely guys. He's got like ten dogs. Yeah, he has like he has like ten dogs, and <laughs> not just um, what's his name? Severus. Severus, and you know he he's dating his like secretary, who's like a nymph, mm-hmm. um, and you know she's like standing him up on dates while he like goes to like Zeus's birthday party and stuff, and so he's kind of looking for love. He, he's looking for love. He's looking for someone to settle with. Um, yep. But yeah, I put down he's a genuinely uh, nice guy. He's yeah. per- and he's per- at least he's portrayed in this like you know this comic this modern telling, but it's done so well like you're almost like cheering for the guy like <laughs> no 100 yeah. percent yeah because I think at some point well we'll get into it a little bit later yeah and and I mean there's other characters you know of course there's Zeus um Zor- Zeus is kind of just <laughs> like you know Zorp. <laughs> Zorp is like a, like, um, is but sometimes Zeus is like you know he's the brother who's like let's go to brunch now to the strip club and then you know Zeus Poseidon and Hades are like banned from there yeah <laughs> um and you know Zeus just wants to know what's up and then of course Hera his wife is like always on him to make sure he's not doing any like shady stuff because mm-hmm. Zeus be cheating you know going you know around. Zeus. Um, Zeus be Zeus and-, and there's Poseidon and Poseidon is pretty much just like the dim-witted brother out of all three of them yeah he's really low-key um, Apollo he's kind of they kind of made him an airhead uh, I'll say it fuck boy he really is in this the bug <laughs> the bug is back the bug is back y'all but yeah Apollo is a fuck boy and um yeah, he's he's just basically that, you know, nice car, the jacket around his shoulder, with his like pomp almost pompadour hair. 
um, Hermes. He flies around. He's the messenger of the gods. Yeah. He's just kind of a... He's um, a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart, but he's still kind of an airhead. Maybe that's since he's flying around. So he's just like, ciao. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he's Hermes, so he's like part of that love culture. So he's like, he's yeah. really sweet. And yeah, he yeah he's a little airhead, but... And most... Arrows. <laughs> Arrows, yeah. Arrows is great. He's yeah. a good character. He's um, he's kind of like the you know the flamboyant like best friend you know, but uh like you'll text him and he'll be like, oh, I'm taking care of this orgy right now. Could you stop? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, with that with the characters and you know it's a great Greek it's a Greek retelling and it has all these characters and the characters have their own characteristics and might you know you might get a flashback. Um, like you know half a half a issue and it might be someone's like story arc and it's pretty it's done really well yeah it is nice to kind of have those multiple povs uh from you know the different characters um it can get a little bit um i'm not sure if the word is onerous but it's really paying attention to each character because sometimes you can get lost in the story because you're really really paying attention to how everything is flowing together and really understanding the background between Hades and Persephone that sometimes the other characters get a little bit lost in the sauce, but I will say that it's very beneficial to really look at all the POVs as a whole and really, really like grasp those stories because it does help to, um, to kind of understand the impact that each character has on, um, the relationship between Persephone and Hades. Oh yeah, that's true. There's it all kind of goes back to Persephone's in this. Um, with that, with the Greek retelling, I wanted to have a segment um, where we talked about um, real Greek mythology here. You know, I don't know what to call this segment. It's like Greek mythology story. No, thank we'll you. Keep that out. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to go and like I wanted to actually tell y'all the real. Um, story of Persephone because um, it's not as uh, you should say the original story so the so the original and they're all these are all so it, they're all retellings you know like yeah find I different mean they're retelling but it's like some poet like rewrote the whole thing and it's like um, told in different ways you yeah know, there's slightly different versions yeah um, but in this version um, Hades sees Persephone and he instantly falls in love he sees her um, so he confines his secret to Zeus and um, the two conf and the two concoct a plan to trap her. As Persephone was playing and picking flowers um, with some, I think some water nymphs, um, mm. basically they they lured her out. Um, there's a story part where Gaia like makes a flower. Persephone has to go. She's attracted to the flowers, so she walks away from the water nymphs. And the Zeus and Hades split the earth, and she falls into the underworld. Um, Persephone slips beneath the earth and Hades stole her to the underworld where he made her his wife. Persephone was very unhappy, but it's told after a short time, or, or not a short time, after a time, we'll just say that, um, she grew to love the cold-blooded Hades and they lived happily ever after. Um, but with that, there's another side of this story. Uh, Demeter, her mother, goes on a hunt for Persephone. Um, she found out hate when he, she found out Hades took her. Demeter begged Hades to she goes to the underworld basically Demeter goes to the underworld finds Hades and she begs Hades um, to let Persephone come back to the mortal world Hades and Zeus decide they, they decide that Persephone can go back to live on earth for eight months out of the year it's like six to eight months out of the year um, and so for four months she will be in the underworld 
Um, and this story, Greek story, is associated with the coming of spring and winter. So when Persephone leaves the underworld, winter comes and winter stays. And then when she goes back, she's happy she's back. So spring happens. But when she finds out she has to go back, the fall comes and the winter comes. Um, so I always thought that was a pretty cool thing. And we'll see if they like throw that into the, you know, the tie up of Lower Olympus. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we we're also going to have a segment where we share, me and Cammie, share our our favorite Greek mythology store, one that, you know, that we can think of and caught our eye. Um, so Cammie, I'm going to kick us off with your, your Greek mythology story. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to say I never really had a big, I, I never really got into Greek mythology. It was always intriguing to me. Um, and of course you learn it in high school for the most part. But the writing for Greek mythology, anything written back then, whatever, was so dense. And to me, it just didn't make sense. And I was like, I hate this. I'm not paying attention. So I never really paid attention. There's plenty of stories that I heard and kind of like picked on. Like, so Icarus was one of those big things because it's like the homie flew too close to the sun. Cause his daddy made him mad so it's it's like was that the story something like that <laughs> she's like he made his daddy mad no 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 no. i think his dad made him mad so he flew too close to the sun okay yeah um don't quote me on that so i'm telling you i get got bits and pieces but as an adult i've been like really intrigued and in trying to find retellings of the stories um, because I need something that's going to be modern. I yeah. can't do the old school, old school originals. So one author, her name is Madeline Miller. She creates a lot of retellings of, uh, she's done Circe. She's done, um, Achilles. And recently she did a, like, I don't even know how many pages I want to say it's like 20 pages, but basically a retelling of Galatea. So that was very intriguing to me because when I read it, because it was just off the fly. I was like, oh, I want to read Madeline Miller, but all her other books are super big. So I'm going to read this really short book. And Galatea was it. So the story of Galatea. So it starts off with his name is Pygmalion. Look, don't shoot me. Um, anyways, he was a king, but he was also a sculptor and he was using ivory and creating these like really large statues. So one day he created a sculpture that depicted his ideal woman. And because of this, he fell in love with his sculpture because he thought it was so beautiful. He was like, wow, this is a lovely woman. He's like, wow, this is what a woman should look like. And this is what a woman should be like cold pale and cute <laughs> so wow um so you know he's constantly like loving on his statue and uh, this is the story he is kissing his statue he's hugging it he's caressing her putting clothes on his sculpture the whole nine so venus um the goddess she hears his please his prayers and basically makes galatea a real woman it's almost like pinocchio there you go uh so <laughs> <laughs> 
Venus grants his prayers and then uh, I'm going to just call him P.Y. <laughs> P.Y. goes, he, he marries Galatea. He marries a statue. And the story is like he didn't know if like she was actually real because he was like, is it the sun? Like, is she actually warm? Is she like, cause she was sitting out in the sun. Like he was like, I don't know if she's real. I'm kissing her. Her lips feel soft, but I'm not sure she's so he ends up marrying a statue and then they end up having kids together. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's a whole thing. And so I think there's another part of the story where um, a Cyclops falls in love with Galatea and P P Y gets real big mad. And I think he kills one of the kids. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> The story of Galatea. And what's really funny is thing about PY is that he actually hates women. Oh, damn. He hates women. So that's why he built this stat. Like, he didn't like that women were doing, like, really good things and great things. Like, the gods and the goddesses, they were doing the damn thing. And he was upset about that. And wow. so that's why he built the sculpture. And it, he put it in the way he would like a woman. Again, cold, pale, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah that is the story of galatea damn mm -hmm. that's a good story i mean creepy but good very creepy <laughs> uh my favorite story um it's always been uh iraq i, I looked it up it's i would say arachne but i think it's arachne that's how it's pronounced it only has one e so story of arachne um she was a poor girl her family was poor dad was a fisherman like her mom, you know, sewed stuff together. Um, <laughs> okay, so she was a seamstress. Seamstress. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Came in for the same. No problem. And so Arachne, um, being the seamstress daughter, started doing some, you know, making tapestries and, you know, starting to use silk and, um, you know, working with threads. And, you know, people didn't think much about it. But one day her dad, who's a fisherman, he brought some seashells back. And some seashells had purple color, like blue color. Arachne took the seashell and she took that color and she used it to put it on her threads and it is told this her family made the color royal purple started putting it into clothing making clothing and tapestries and soon enough Arachne becomes the best seamstress in the land you know and some crowds gather together and watch her work and some will talk and be like oh she puts Athena to shame you know Athena's the goddess of many things but she's also the goddess of you know tapestries and seaming and um, sewing um, and so Arachne hears this and she starts to believe herself like hmm, maybe I am better than Athena and Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, don't provoke the gods Athena I'm not provoking you at all uh, but she starts to think that and then one day is told she says it out loud that she thinks she is just as good or not better than Athena's you know so one of her work she did she's like yeah this is way better boom right when she says that thunder strikes and everyone turns around there's a a feeble you know really wrinkly hunched over old lady in like a dirty cloth and she says take back what you said about the gods don't invoke them and if you take back what you said right now you will be forgiven and of course Rachne, being rational goes hey old lady go talk to your own kids like that don't tell me how to live and then boom the old lady turns into athena and athena 
challenges her to a, a seamstress battle, I a guess. A sew-off. A sew-off. They had a sew-off. <laughs> you just got sewed. Um, and basically, uh, Athena makes some crazy, beautiful tapestry. There's, you know, this beautiful one by Athena. It's so beautiful. People's breath are taken away, blah, blah. And then Arachne makes hers, and Arachne makes a tapestry that uh, dictates that it's Zeus and like Hades and like Poseidon and all these gods like doing mischief and like messing with the humans and like like basically putting them in a really bad light. And uh, as they deserve. Yeah, and I believe Athena's was the opposite. It was like mortals invoking the gods and like you know punishing for it. And Athena's crazy. So Athena straight up uh, uh, ripped her ripped Arachne's uh, tapestry to shreds. Hit her in the head with this like it's like this like a little staff weapon. I guess it's like the bottom of her staff. And boom, on that on that on the spot where she hit her, Arachne starts to shrivel inward and she turns into a spider, as they would call him back in the days, a spinner. And Arachne, you know, little creature runs into a corner and makes a uh, web. And Athena's punishment for invoking the gods and not being respectful to them is you will sow and stream for the rest of your life, basically. So you're a spider now. And then that spider had more kids. And that's supposedly where we get spiders from. And her name is Arachne. Like Arachnid. I thought that was pretty cool when I heard that one. So that's one of my favorites. Athena's a bitch. Yes. I mean, really, all the gods are. They're just terrible people. I mean, I think with that, if there were like invisible gods standing next to you and guiding you. And supposedly what part of the story is Athena was the one who sent those she cells to her dad to the first place. So it was like. She did it on purpose. I was by his side. And, and so. That's crazy. I mean, I think gods do good things, but then, I mean, the Greek, they do. But the Greek mythology thing is like. What good have they done? I'm sure there's some good stuff that they've granted to humans back in the Greek days. Hey, ma'am, I'm, I believe in the God of love, okay? Whatever nine armed century nervous system of a God that's floating around in space and just, you know. Just like, like that's my God. I pray to him. Like whatever weird mass you are out there, just let it be a good day. You know that's it. Okay, you feel me? No, <laughs> but all right. Uh, but with that, we're, we'll go to a old segment. Just, I don't know why I call it a segment. It's I don't just know two why questions. you call it a segment. It's literally it's, two questions. This is just a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're not breaking it up to segments. Uh, so the so the question, final questions of the episodes you always ask. You know what it is, Cami? What was your favorite thing about Lore Olympus? The story was great, uh, but I would have to say the colors uh, in the story are my favorite thing. They are very bright and vibrant, and they help you to distinguish who the characters are. Because I think if if mm -hmm. it were set in like a very like your classical like Roy G. Biv kind of setting, um, where everyone kind of looks the same, everyone looks uh human then yeah. we kind of be it, 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 the multiple po points of view we'd get lost in the sauce and we don't want to do that but the vibrant colors really help us to see the characters and understand the characters but it also helps to set the tone and the mood of the story rachel does a brilliant job with setting the tone with the colors and the overlay it she does a really really damn good job on it so colors of the story hit it off the story yeah. as a whole 
beautiful. Love it. Yeah, and the color, I'll go, we didn't talk much about the art. We usually have like a whole segment for that. But Hades, like for instance, Hades is always blue. Mm -hmm. He has this like kind of like darker blue about him. Persephone's pink. And, um, you know, Demeter's, Demeter is green. Zeus is purple. So it has like color codes for everything, but they're done so well. And with that, I, I think I realized my favorite thing while we're doing, recording this episode, it's how, because you said it took her so long, took her 70 to 80 hours. Or she, when she first started creating it, it she was taking up 60 to 70 hours, like making storyboards. Like a week, you'd say? I would hope she's like sounds- putting it together in a week versus like, I, I would hope she's doing it in a week's time versus yeah. her doing it in like three days. Because yeah. that's 60 to 70 hours in three days. That's a fucking lot of time. Yeah. And it's just for me that's what I've realized my favorite thing is it's how it flows. So it's like, sometimes she has like little, honestly, she has like little like anime, like little cutesy, like, you know, how anime artists will draw the character, like looking like a cat or like, you know, I mean, I think it's just cartooning animation in yes. general. It's so just... it has a cartoon vibe, but just the way like the storyboard goes, it makes you hit so much emotion and like the position of people. And like, mm-hmm. just, you can tell what, a character is thinking just from their facial expression or how their body language transitions from the right. next panel. So I will say the panel work. Like I just realized that making this, I was going to say something like the story or like yeah, even the art, but I was, I realized recording this when you brought that up, I was like, she spent that much time. I could tell because it's done so well, keeps you intrigued. And sometimes I've realized I was like reading too fast. <laughs> I was like, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. It's awesome. Right. And yeah, characters are great. It's just a, I, it's already very popular, but I'll say this, like I said, we do underappreciated, overlooked, and I still think in the general, like, comic book, you know, overlord, Marvel, DC world, uh, Lore Olympus stands out from that. And, yeah. Um, who edited this? It was Del Rey, publisher, Del Rey. That's the publisher, oh, but... Um, shout out to Del Rey. Oh, yeah. Editing, <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's okay. Yes, Lore Olympus is amazing. Very good. Um, oh, last question. Emmy, what's your favorite character? Uh, Hades. Hades. Because he's kind of, again, he's that guy you want to, you're like, Hades is a bad guy. But in this story, he's really not the bad guy. There, He's he's fun, he's quirky, again, he's lonely, um, but he cares for Persephone. He cares about kind of the way he lives his life and there was like at one point where i was just like in the story it was just like is he really a good guy um <laughs> but overall he's like a good guy just portrayed in a different light because the people around him don't want to see him happy that's what it is so he's just an- anxious he's an anxious boy yes he is my favorite character if i'm pronouncing this right is is Hades, we call it a secretary or her, his like right hand. I want to say she's like his PR person. She's like a PR actually. person, yeah. <laughs> um, Hesite, is that the name? Yeah, Hesite. She's just. I don't know. When I think when they had to like torture someone, they both were like doing it. <laughs> like, yeah. And it was like just it's done very well. Um, and she's just always she's the one checking Hades, but knows like we'll be like, hey, Persephone's too young for you. But then Hesite's like, wait, wait, he does actually love her. Like you know, she looks right. out for, for she looks out for Persephone. But then she's like, oh, wow, like, you actually do love her. Okay, let me, like, try to, like, work something out. 
And then I would say Eros. Um, he's done very well. Eros is good, yeah. So he's the son of uh, Aphrodite. And Af now I'm thinking about it, Aphrodite has all these kids because she's like the god of like lust and love and, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, reproduction or whatever. And uh, Eros is like taking care of all of his siblings and his siblings are like really cute. Like, what was it? One of them is like, you want to see my hamster? And he's like, one of them, I don't, don't want to see your stupid yeah, hamster. Yeah, Eros was like, I don't want, no one wants to see your hamster. Um, <laughs> and he's just, he's there to support uh, Persephone mm -hmm. uh, when she goes through some stuff. And she's kind of like his confidant and just like he's it's like he's just makes you laugh like he's yeah. super comic relief like he puts on the fur coat and he's just like kind of being all fashionable. Um, yeah, you, you have to read it yourself if you start. I think if you buy the first volume, you're going to keep going and going because yeah, it's just you want to know more. Um, so, yeah, that is Lore Olympus by Rachel Smythe. Mm -hmm. um, I see it all over the bookstores. I'm sure you can if you wanted to. Uh, go to her website. I'm sure she has a website where you can download and you know buy and download these webtoons as is. Um, but the books are really nice too. They're big boys, and they're. Mm -hmm. uh, I have I have the hard copies because they're nice. The yeah. covers are so nice. I think they're the Barnes and Nobles hard covers. They're beautiful. I love them. So I'm looking forward to volumes four and five coming out very soon. Yeah, sometimes it's a month. modern comic book. You know, you don't got to go volume or issue hunting for these no um, they're in plenty because they're a modern comic book uh but thank you so much for listening Absolutely. um if you haven't already follow us on instagram uh give us a like anywhere you're listening on apple music or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast um yeah until then this has been nerd escape the comic book podcast where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked i'm your host cammy i'm your host jablar and you know as we do, we'll see you in the next one. It's great to be back. Or you'll Talking hear us void. in the next one. You know, whatever floats your boat, I guess. Toodles. Toodles.